to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Vision and hosting this podcast. And today we're going to talk about website personalization and how you can use targeted B2B content in order to break through the noise and drive leads and so forth. We're going to chat about this with an expert in the area, Kirsty Daw, who's CEO of Webio a very interesting software in this space. So welcome to our podcast, Christy. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you today. Um, so am I, and really interesting and also a bit complex uh, topic we're going to talk about, but good that you're an expert in it. But before we talk about that, can you just give us a brief background, who you are and what do you do? Yes, of course. So um, yeah, I... B2B marketer, that's what I am. I'm a B2B marketer at heart who just happens to um, feel very passionate about uh, a SaaS product that delivers real results for our customers. But yeah, my background is I've done client side. I ran an agency for um, nearly 15 years working with B2B brands to to drive demand measurable demand really really passionate about the measurable side the attribution side of of marketing and you know the the webio product was really born out of out of that that passion and being able to see well like we can use data to really connect with our audience better in the place where it matters the most which is their website so i'm kind of living my best life speaking to all of the, the customers I always used to speak to, but really understanding their world and, and delivering a solution that works. So cool. So Webio have been around for is it three years, as you said now? Yeah. Yeah. And before that, it was in kind of an in-house product before you branched out and so forth. So a bit longer as a tech platform. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. Wow. And now you're a team about, you said 39 on Insta. Uh, that's LinkedIn. correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Awesome. Wow. What a success story. Yeah, no, we're, I mean, we are a fast-growing business. Everyone is very passionate about what we do, but we're we're all, um, we're a roll-your-sleeves-up kind of business. We all get stuck in, we communicate regularly, um, which is, uh, for me, is like the best type of business to be part of. Wow, I agree. And all listening into this are passionate about B2B marketing and trying to do their best every day in order to, you know, drive leads and help sales, close more business and so forth. So this area, you know, you're, you're experts in helping B2B companies to, to personalize their websites in order to, yeah, increase the B2B ROI, B2B marketing ROI. So if we just start a bit there, you know, uh, can you tell us a little bit on, on the top level, what's most important to know about website personalization and what, what do we mean when we talk about that? So we get everybody <laughs> on, the, yeah. on the same page here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really important to think about why personalization works. Um, 
like we don't like it genuinely does drive an uplift in conversion obviously it helps with customer experience but we don't we don't just do it because of that but the reason personalization works is because it's helping our buyers mm. that's the most important thing um if we are giving them the most relevant information to them as soon as they hit the website or as soon as which wherever you're personalizing as soon as they receive the email the dm they hit the website they have the stuff that's most relevant to them that helps them on their buyer journey they can shortcut the time that they need to invest to do that they feel more favorable about your brand they've got what they needed great you have the conversion and it is personalization is not just a hey jacob you know that that's fine i think that's table stakes now everyone knows that you need to to address someone personally in an email or whatever outreach you have, personalization is now about being helpful and guiding us on that journey because we are consumers and we're used to that in the consumer space. So as B2B marketers, it's our responsibility to support our target segments with that same type of journey, but with a B2B lens on it. So talking to them as a B2B buyer. They're still human, so the human element comes into it, but it's like what's important to them from a B2B perspective when, when they hit the website. Mm-hmm. And that can tip that typically is, you know, if I was to say where you would start on your journey, it's looking at your segment. So if you are offering a solution to different types of buyers, whether that be by firmographic data, such as different industries or different sizes of organizations, organizations based in different geographies, or at persona level where you're talking to a CTO and then a CMO, segment your data accordingly so that you can work out, okay, where am I gonna get my biggest bang for buck in terms of my personalization efforts? And then you marry that back to your website. There's a ton of data you can get in Google Analytics, which will tell you where you should be focusing your um, personalization efforts on your website. So you need to look at pages with the most traffic, the pages that have the highest bounce rate, and the pages where the most conversions are hit. Those present the biggest opportunity for you. So you're marrying your target segments to the pages that are going to have the most impact and that's where you start um so to your to your listeners like everyone's got google analytics and we all use that to look at our conversions and our goals but there is an absolute wealth of data in there about your points of failure where people are hitting the website and bouncing off where you know people are going and they should be converting and they're not so use that insight to then say right okay let's focus all of our efforts here first, then you can go further down um, into that into that customer journey. Wow, so cool to hear. And uh, that's that's like a dream for every B2B marketeer to have it like that. <laughs> I have this yes. tech stack working for you. So if you just break it down a bit, where do your software sit in the tech stack, so to say? What do you need in order to get this uh, capabilities to work? Yeah, so, I mean, really simply, all you need is a website. And yes, it's important to have some data and some hypotheses about what's going to work from a personalization perspective. But the tool, Webio itself, 
has full A-B testing functionality. So whatever your hypothesis is, whether you think, oh, I'm going to change my headline for this certain type of audience, or I'm going to change my image, you can test all of that. So you don't have to worry. Um, the, the, the software itself is just a really simple plug and play um, software. So you put the code on your website and then you're able to change that to your Mm. Uh, to your audience and you know typically what we'll tell customers to do is to go wide first so you can use IP, so ip data is one of the most common ways that our customers will personalize so they so let's say they're targeting multiple sectors they'll serve a different experience on their website to the construction sector versus what they might serve to um professional services or to a SaaS organization and that's a really, really good place to start. And literally code on the website, create your audience. I want to target businesses in the US, in the construction industry with this experience. And then you use the editor to basically make the changes you want to make to your website. Mm. And then they are served to your audience in real time. No dev resource. You can be as agile as you want, which is oh, such a gift. Mm. for marketers so if you think you know you're running an event for a particular industry sector or you've got an event in particular in a particular region you can just go and change the experience for them in that region that sector so as soon as they hit the website they get that that level of personalization mm. you know and that's that's going quite wide um but you can go deeper with an integration into like your hubspot your marketo pardot and pull your um, first party cookie data out there and personalize at like persona level. So we can personalize to Paul at HSBC or at Walmart. You know, we can, it can really go down to, to that level. But we always say to customers, like, go as wide as possible first, get your big impact, and then you can start to go more narrow with your communications um, because you want to test everything. And you know, to run an A-B test and get statistical significance, you need to have a decent amount of data. So as marketers, and I can speak because I am one, we tend to go a bit too granular first. Like, oh, we could create this like real segment that's all this mm. detail. It's like, but how many people are going to fit into that? Mm. Like, we're not going to be able to test it. Um, so we definitely look at that. And then from a measuring perspective, measuring success perspective obviously you've built your audience you've built your experience you know that that's set up for 50% of your traffic to go to your new version personalized 50% to old and then you set up your tracking so what do you want to measure obviously the most important thing is conversion um, and that might be in b2b it could be request a demo start a free trial could be just you know a general content download or a lead um, that's your kind of like final outcome. But we also encourage our customers to measure engagement. So we know that the B2B buyer journey isn't just, hey, I hit the website once, I go and book a demo and I'm done. They'll be doing different things. So you can measure what those engagements, which are in effect like micro conversions. So I go to a pricing page or I view a video or you know, I, I download a piece of content, like anything like that can really help support your knowledge around what's working and what isn't and, and accelerate that. Um, so, so that's kind of like the, the, I suppose, the top advice is to go wide as possible mm. first and then, and then go deep. 
Oh, that's a good, uh, good tip. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. sounds that the technical side isn't the hard part to get it to work no no exactly not not if you not if you have not if you have webby and i'd say where we sit because i you know is we are very much in the conversion rate optimization space Mm. but for b2b and Mm. that's the difference there are lots of cro tools out there but b2b is such a different animal you know you've got that via journey you've got the research phase you've got all these different decision makers b2c it's like i go on the website i see the red shoes i may go and have a look at another pair of red shoes but i come back and buy the red shoes and that's it Mm -hmm. um within b2b it's months and months of kind of like that research process and we've built a cro tool that really considers that and allows you to measure that whole customer journey and see those businesses who are visiting and know the kind of influence that that you're having. So yeah, the the technical side of things does become easier Mm. um, and you can be much more agile. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And um, a question I have discussed with many clients and and others (laughs) during the areas, you know, and, and that comes into a lot of campaign discussions as well. You know, what is an appropriate level of personalization? Where do we have the the sweet spot? You know, the one to one and one to many discussion. You know, and and it's of course more um, work and data that needs to be really specific and so forth, rather than more generic. And I think it's it's a great take that you say start wide and then you can narrow down on the on the sweet spots and so forth. But can you give a few examples of what what do you think is is a good kind of personalization and why that is more efficient than being more generic, so to say, and and just have the different tabs uh, <laughs> where people can self-select or, or search for their yeah. no, sure. I mean it definitely it comes back to that help element. Help me buy something. Um, because it's actually quite easy, quite sorry, quite difficult to buy stuff in B2B, there's all these like challenges and worries about if I make the wrong decision. So when you are looking at your personalization, you have you must make sure that it is working with the value proposition you have created for that audience. So um, you know, you need to have done your research up front and talked, you know, you should for each of your let's start with vertical or like size of business as as a good starting point. You you want to talk to those differently. You might have a different value proposition for your product in those areas. What is important to those types of organizations? And that's what you need to put into your personalization. So the first thing is I need reassurance. Like I need to know I'm in the right place. As soon as they hit the website, you know, that's really as simple as you know, having a powerful headline and some some powerful copy imagery also to, to support that. And then the CTAs, again, you can make the CTAs relevant. So immediately I'm like, 
I know I'm in the right place because these guys have have expertise. And then it comes down to that that social proof. So content that backs up what you're saying. So not just, uh, hey, we work in your industry and that's it. It's like, and here's something that you're going to find really useful to get you into the next stage of the funnel. Because I was um, on a call actually last night with one of the most expert CMOs I've ever met. And he was, you know, saying, we really neglect that middle of the funnel content. We, as B2B marketers, we go, hey, you're here. I'll give you this one piece. And then it's like, book a demo, book a demo. Or I have a, it's like, actually, what we need to do is we need to go, what's the next best action for them? Like, what, what would be most useful for them? Now, if they've come in at the, the top of the funnel at that buyer journey, what can I give them that will get them to that, to that next stage that's useful as a, a middle of the funnel piece of content? And then those proof points like logos, people that look like me, like if I'm small, I don't want to see huge corporations. I want to see other people that look like me because I'm going to think, oh, you know, they're going to have no time for me whatsoever. Vice versa, I need to be reassured you've worked with other big brands if I am for my big brand. So all of that stuff, you can serve really powerfully above the fold. So look at where your, your scroll is on your, your hot jar and heat mapping. Make sure you're serving the most valuable information up front and then think about what do I need to do next to get that person to take a further step in that journey that would be useful to them? Um, and that, that's really as simple as, as, it, as it is, but don't just do it on the entry page. So don't just go, oh, I've done it on my homepage and then the rest of the site is. You've got to make sure that that follows through. And statistically, we know that the more pages a customer personalizes within their journey, the more like the more likely they will get a significant swing in conversion. So it has to be more than just that that single page. So interesting. And um, do you have any case or example you can give where you felt that some client nailed it and and really got some benefit out of it? You know? Oh what? yeah, lots, lots. So I've got, I mean, the, the one I used just then was, um, was talking, I mean, firmographic is like, that's the biggest win for our customers. Um, you know, creating a personalization which hits the nail on the head that has that social proof, those logos. Um, you know, most of our SaaS customers do that really, really well. I would say, you know, one example that I have that I think is very um, cool and works brilliantly is more from a behavioral perspective. So we have a customer, I mind the construction, uh, sorry, in the manufacturing space who um, serve a returning visitor-based personalization when an organization hits the site and looks at a particular product the first time, obviously we've identified their sector and we've identified who they are. So they've already received one level of personalization. When we can see that they've looked at something on their first visit, the next time we're giving them more detailed insight on that particular product. And that's what that, their, that particular customer is delivering phenomenal um, results. And it's just, it's not rocket science. It's not like, Oh my gosh, that was so complicated to do, but it's like it 
you know, personalization is like, it's, it's a hygiene factor, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's, it's manners these days that, that we go on to Netflix and we see good recommendations for us. We expect that. So to go onto a site and say, well, this is what you looked at last time. And I think this would be really useful for you. Hallelujah. That's, that's what we want to see. Yeah. Really good examples. And uh, uh, because I think uh, if this concept is a bit abstract, I think, yeah, you know, it's easier to hear what others have succeeded with. So, but uh, people who want to try this, you know, uh, and uh, haven't started their personalization journey, what we say are the first steps to take and are there any challenges or, or uh, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. hazards no, sure. you should look out for? <laughs> um, oh, the, the CRO um, folks me would say, yeah, top, top um, test everything, you know, like that, that's really important. Um, in B2B, we don't have as much traffic as our B2C counterparts. Mm. So we have to exercise a bit more patience because if we want to get a statistically significant result, it, it may take months before we see that. So that's why I mentioned about those um, micro conversions. Um, you know, there are things that you can measure along the way, which are positive signs. We also, um, like we'll measure things like those softer things like reduction in bounce rate, uplifting number of pages visited and time on site. Um, so, so those are kind of like really good places um, to start um, when you were looking at that journey. And I think it just goes back to like, where are you really focused right now? Like, where should you be focusing your energy? You don't have to be all things to, to everybody. Um, think about who your most important buyer segments are and focus time on those it, and just test. Um, I think a real win for our customers is, um, you know, anything that you're doing where you are actively driving traffic to your website, so you pay to get that traffic there, the likelihood is there's going to be some level of personalization there. So you may have done some like targeted ads or you've got some um, paid search campaigns running with specific keywords, personalizing the, the pages that those prospects hit or those buyers hit when they come through from those experiences, making the keywords front and center in the headline is just a really simple way to go, oh yeah, I'm in the right place. You know, let's take mm. ERP software for uh, SMEs. Great, I'm coming and I see ERP software for SMEs and see SME proof points. And I see, mm. you know, that's really, really easy to do. Mm. And ultimately you don't need a lot of data and the, the other thing as well is with paid search, because you know that those buyers are actively, they're going to be actively looking for your products and services. Like we know B2B buyers do not go on to B2B websites for entertainment. Mm. They're going on there because they're actively looking. Mm. Um, investing more time and personalizing to that audience is really going to pay dividends because we see it. I mean, organic, obviously, you're going to see results on your organic, but your paid search, like that's the difference between, you know, you getting the lead or then going to another vendor. It's like, you're in the right place here, read this, read this. And you've kind of hooked them into that 
to that journey with that that middle of the funnel content that we just talked about yeah yeah so so that's awesome and uh since you're also working a lot with zero and and you know conversion points and and uh, how to lead the the visitor into becoming a sign up and and hopefully an uh, mql sql and so forth where do you see the what would you say is a good conversion point to to actually uh, use personalization to get them to sign up or to do a hand raise for something? Have you seen any good example from a SaaS company or or anything similar to that, where they have used personalization in order to you know close leads or or to book more meetings or so? Yeah. So specifically, I think it works well on high intent pages so um per, like and this is more behavioral personalization again so if we see someone if, if we can see someone has gone onto the pricing page we we've got within the platform we have got what we call conversion tools so where you can personalize the experience and that's a pre-created personalized experience you can also respond to the buyer mm -hmm. when they're on the website. So if you can see that they've looked at the pricing page, they've obviously got a high level of intent. That's just one good example. And, yeah. and then it's about, right, okay, so we know something about them. We know that they are in the US or we know that they are SME. Using a conversion tool to then pop at that time to say, you know, you can see you're looking at that other companies in this sector, in the US, in, you know, SME businesses found this really useful. Would you like a copy? And then using that to just, you don't, I mean, it doesn't have to be gated, but it's just a measure of an interaction. And it's something that they have then done to, to go further into, into the funnel. And then you can feed that into your uh, marketing automation platform you can let sales know, they can take action on that. Um, I think that's where I've seen um, kind of the, the most effective use of personalization when someone's active on the site is just responding to their behavior and going, right, this is a moment in time and I can know all of these things about the buyer. I can know who, uh, who they are and I can also know that they did this. So I'm going to tie those two things together and get them. And again, what does that do? It, it's helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point. It's like, you know, we, we neglect the, ma the, the major benefit of customer experience mm -hmm. because we are also our own eye-driven. And I get it. I'm exactly the same. I want to see conversion, conversion. But what a, a great customer experience that is to say, well, other people like you found that useful. Um, and again, we're seeing um, customers using that from a behavioral personalization perspective. Yeah, awesome. That's a really good tip. Have you seen any examples where it, I mean, we know so much about people visiting us today, especially yeah. if they've been around a few times. <laughs> Have you seen an examples where it becomes creepy? You know, hi, Jacob from Brighton. <laughs> Thanks for visiting us the seventh time this month. You know, uh, would you like to go back to the pricing page? You know, where where should we watch out? <laughs> yeah, right. So no, the answer is no, because 
we the, the way that we guide our customers is how fast like yeah. basically personalization without purpose is creepy so like I, you know a really good example is like just doing like welcome back jacob mm. okay that's not creepy i don't think that's too creepy but it doesn't actually provide much of an uplift um whereas you know if i show you something that's relevant mm. that will provide an uplift so i wouldn't say it's I mean, there definitely is, I would say more in B2C, there's personalization for personalization's sake. Mm. Um, and it just does very little. So yeah. don't put your energies into it. Mm. Um, like, how is that, how is that going to serve me to know that you know I'm back? Mm. Is it? But no. if it's going to serve me for you to know that I'm back and you say, I think you're going to find this really useful or show me something that, that, is now taking me through to that next stage of the journey mm. that that's just helpful and i think you know we want and expect that you know we have got <laughs> the attention span of a gnat these days so um anything that grabs my attention because it's useful mm. is going to be powerful but not just because it's i think they call it yeah they do gartner refer to it as recognize me personalization and then it just, it, it doesn't necessarily have a negative effect, but it has, uh, you know, just no effect. So there is little point to investing your time doing it. Mm. Well, thank you for commenting on that. Because, I mean, that's, that's if you haven't worked with personalization B2B, that's what you refer to. <laughs> it's sometimes feels yeah, when, when it you is, do it. I, in, yeah. yeah, I think it's, but, but that is the point. It's. It's only creepy if it's not useful. Yeah, yeah, if, I if agree. You, if you've saved time and energy and got to the stuff that was most useful to you first, perfect. Yeah. That's what we want. We all want that. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I mean, if it's helpful and, and feels rather, um, maybe that needs some kind of relationship and, and not just to a random uh, prospect, as to say. But I mean... Um, I've read a book about Ritz Carlton and, and Horst Hulte, one of the founders there. And, and I mean, they put it into practice to, to do similarities like this. But when a people, when a returning client checked in, they said, oh, welcome back, Mr. Johnson. You know, would you like to have this and that as you had last time? And, you know, things yeah. like hopefully did his or her stay there better because they that, knew their preferences. And, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That saves, again, saves me time, saves me energy. Exactly. I don't have to think about it. Great, yeah. Yeah, so so hopefully we can be helpful by doing personalization. Yeah, that's, um, that, well, that's the only, that's, that's the only reason, like we all believe in it as marketers, but the reason it provides that uplift is because it's helpful mm. and no other, no other reason. So question yourself. Like when you're looking at that, how does that fit with my value proposition for that sector? When they've said they work with us for these reasons, have I really put those in there and made that reassuring, guided my prospect, given them the most powerful piece of content I can give them? Um, like really question yourself on that because it it's not difficult. It, it really isn't difficult. It's changing, you know, few small elements on every page that will make a big big difference um 
but it just requires a, a little thought. And we should all, as marketers, we should also all have value propositions for our segments. Mm. I mean, for goodness sake, we're doing ABM now, so we should have value propositions at individual brand level for some of our customers. So to not have it for our for our key segments um, mm. is not okay. So it's it's stuff that's all at our fingertips, and it's just a case of doing what we marketers do best, translating that value proposition into something that is easy to understand for our buyers. This is so interesting, Kirsty. Thank you so much for sharing all this content about personalization in B2B and how to be smarter about that. I know you're busy and running a SaaS company, so thank you so much for your time. If people want to, you know, who's listening in here, would like to know more about you, your content or your products, where can we... Uh, send them in what direction do they find you <laughs> yeah no absolutely um yes um linkedin um please reach out to me on linkedin i'm always happy to um respond to questions um receive outreach there um so yeah that's the best place um curse door at webio and um yeah look forward to hearing from you we will and uh, <laughs> you can find the link in the show notes as well so with that, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for your time. Yeah. And uh, I wish you all the best now with WBO and uh, the future for uh, your software company. So thank you for your visit here in our podcast, Kirsty. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.